Hello and welcome to the weekend wrap for the week on Wednesday. I am Ben Davison and what a huge week it's been since we last spoke on Wednesday with myself and Van live from Wagga. Uh, we, I am, I have now returned home. Van is still in Wagga uh, and she will be doing the show from Wagga this Wednesday and we'll do the remote thing again. Uh, so hopefully that works and uh, you can all enjoy that. Of course, this week we had the budget and we talked about that in this week's episode. But since we did the episode, we've also had the budget reply. This is where Anthony Albanese, leader of the Labor Party and the opposition in Parliament, uh, gets to give a reply to the budget. Now, keep in mind that a number of things have really come out since the budget was announced that it came out sometime between the budget announcement and the budget reply. So turns out baked into the budget is essentially real wage cuts for people over the next two or three years. Uh, that's where wages will not go up uh, at the pace of inflation. That means the price you'll pay for things will increase quicker than your wages. And overall, Australians will go backwards. Uh, David Spears made the point today on Insiders when he had Josh Frydenberg, the treasurer, on that show, that not only will people on incomes below 80,000 have no wage increase, in fact, that wages will go backwards, that after this year, that we also have to cop an increase in taxation, while at the same time, the stage three tax cuts for people on over 200,000 will deliver $9,000 tax cuts to people on over 200. So people on 80,000 and less, look, you're looking at a pretty bleak period under the Morrison government. You're looking at wages going backwards. You're looking at taxes going up. Uh, it's pretty pretty nasty in there. Also, there's become really clear that the, the aged care reforms that have been promised won't actually deliver a nurse in nursing homes uh, all day. So they're now talking about 16 hours a day, which I believe is an increase in what they currently have to do. Can you believe that? You know, nursing homes don't have to have a nurse on every hour of the day, only 16 hours a day. Uh, and of course... There's, there's no mention of TAFE. For all the talk of new skills funding and trying to restore apprentices back to sort of the level they were before Liberals cut 140000 in their first couple of years in office, they just did not mention TAFE. They mentioned private providers, and it looks like private providers are going to get a, a big whack of extra funding to do training uh, and skill development, but no mention of TAFE. And, of course, there was the between 9 and 10% cut for... Uh, universities in this country. And I want to put that into some context. What essentially the budget tells us is that the Morrison government will spend 40% more on private secondary school education than they do on universities in this country. 40% more on private secondary school education than on universities in this country. And over the course of this budget, over the course of the next three or four years, that will grow. That gap will grow from 40% more on private schools than on universities to 60% more on private schools than on universities. Now, that is a shocking, shocking statistic in my view. Anyway, that, that's just a couple of the budget nasties that we touched a little bit on on Wednesday, but there was so much to get through. I just wanted to remind people they're, they're really, in my view, the central tenets of this problem. Wages are going to go backwards. The Aged Care Royal Commission recommendations aren't being implemented. There's not going to be nurses in nursing homes all the time. They're just not going to be there. 
uh, and essentially there are cuts to higher education uh, and possibly TAFE. Like that's really what that means. Now, in the budget reply, Anthony Albanese delivered what, in my view, was one of the best speeches I think I've ever seen him give. You know, I, I've been following Anthony Albanese for many years, since well before he became leader of the opposition. Uh, and, you know, I was a fan of uh, Elbo when he was uh, running the slogan, I like to fight Tories, that's what I do. Uh, and now, of course, he's running the slogan, on your side. And the speech he gave in this budget reply was, I think, one of the very best he's given. Uh, the passion that he feels for the Australian people, for the role that government can play in improving people's lives was there on display. It wasn't hyperbolic, it wasn't over the top, but it wasn't subdued or forced either. It was a genuine delivery of a speech that had some really important issues addressed. So big focus on the labour market, on jobs, on job security, on wage theft, on raising wages on the kinds of policies that an Albanese Labor government will bring in to adjust the settings, to tilt the balance back so that there is a balance in the labour market once again. It was a really powerful uh, and moving address. Of course, he talked about his own experience living in social housing and the experience of his mother uh, because, A, that's a big part of who he is, but, B, this there was also a major announcement of $10 billion for, for social public housing. That's a huge increase in what the Morrison government has promised, which is essentially zero. And there was a real delineation of who the money will go to and for what purpose and how it will be rolled out. So uh, a really positive, positive step there as well. Also announced fully paying domestic violence leave uh, so that people who have to take time off to reorganise their lives, to go through court proceedings, do all the horrible things you'd rather not have to do, don't have to use their, their holiday pay. Because let's face it, that's not a holiday. It's no holiday trying to get out of a violent, abusive relationship, protect your family uh, and find a new way to live your life. That doesn't sound like a holiday to me. It clearly doesn't sound like a holiday to the Labor Party either because they're going to put in paid domestic violence leave so you can use that instead. Also, really good to see this focus on renewable energies. As we've talked about before on the show many, many times, Australia has all of the pieces that we need to make batteries for renewable energy. We are the only country that has all of the pieces that you need, yet the Morrison government insists on leaving us as a quarry, as though Australia can only be a pit from which people extract things and ship overseas. This is a huge opportunity, a huge opportunity for us to reinvigorate advanced manufacturing so that we can have good, solid, reliable, secure, well-paid jobs making something that the world needs. And the great announcements in the budget reply from Albanese on that also, National Integrity Commission. I mean, what an absolute shambles and a shame and a disgrace that the Morrison government has put zero dollars in its budget for the National Integrity Commission. They had promised this thing years ago. And of course, when you look at the scandals, and we've covered so many of them on this show over the weeks and months, there's no wonder they don't want a National Integrity Commission. Can you imagine the people who would be brought before it? It would be an absolute devastation to the Morrison government. So of course, they haven't funded it. But Albanese has committed to it. He said they'll bring it in and an absolute faith that they will. 
And, you know, some of the rhetoric in the speech I thought was actually really, really good. You know, do you feel better off? You know, the past eight years have been good for Morrison and his mates, but have they been good for you? And I think when you look at that question, the reality is for most Australians, there has been a decline in wage growth. There has been increases in the cost of living. It's been harder to get into the housing market. It's been harder to pay rent. We've seen coming out of the pandemic, you know, that during the pandemic for a lot of Australians, there was actually support. There was a moratorium on evictions. If you were homeless, you were given shelter. If you were unemployed, you were finally given enough to survive and begin the process of genuinely being able to look for work, to afford the costs of job searching and retraining. And since the pandemic not has ended, because it hasn't, but since those supports have dropped away, I think most Australians are realising that returning to the way things were 12, 18 months ago, you know, still under the Morrison government, readopting that liberal trickle-down ideological position actually leaves them worse off, actually leaves them worse off. Sure, if you've got a big portfolio of properties, you know, like, good on you, you know, you've got it made. You know, you're, you're living a high life here, no question. But for the vast majority of Australians, that's not the situation that we're in. And while we might aspire to that, the reality is, for most of us, that's not what's going to happen. Most of us are not going to accumulate 20 properties over the course of our lives. Think about the maths. If every Australian owned 20 properties, that wouldn't make sense, would it? So, look, personally, the past eight years have been good for Morrison and his mates. But have they been good for you? Because if the answer is no, or the answer is not as good as they could have been, or the answer is I had these hopes, but there was no support, there was no help, then you want to change your government. And I think that's really the message that came out in this budget reply. A really, really strong performance by Anthony Albanese. You know, a lot of people were trying to position the Morrison budget in a way that kind of tried to take the air out of the tyres of the Labor Party and say it was a Labor budget. It wasn't a Labor budget. If anything, it was a Menzies budget. It was sort of this lazy, everything will be right, we'll band-aid over stuff. And Albanese stepped up to the plate. He really did. He made a clear delineation. Uh, and I don't, I don't think there's been such a clear point of difference um, between Morrison and Albanese uh, since, well, ever. I think now it's really, really clear, and hopefully that'll stand them in good stead between now and the election. I want to talk about wages because one of the things that Frydenberg said today in his interview on Insiders, and I encourage you to check it out if you haven't seen it, because it's really revealing. It's really revealing. You know, putting aside the stuff around taxes, like they just are absolutely determined to give the wealthiest Australians more of our commonwealth. Like they're just going to do that. You know, they're going to do that and they're going to justify that with whatever rhetorical nonsense they can find. And frankly, Spears pushed them on, pushed him on that. And it was really, really clear that, you know, if you're not making $200,000 a year, the Morrison government it isn't really going to do much for you. They're going to paper over whatever cracks they think they need to. But essentially, 200000 plus, that's a government that's going to deliver you ten grand a year more. Anyway, he also talked about wages. And, of course, the minimum wage case is happening. Uh, you know, the, the economy is really ramping back up, right? And a lot of the, the flexibility in inverted commas in the labour market means that businesses were able to change really quickly. They've automated a lot of stuff. So there's been 
quite a lot of profitable companies. We've seen this, you know, the Harvey Norman stories, the stories about Solomon Lou, all of that. There's a lot of profit in the economy right now. You know, there's a lot of capacity to pay higher wages. But of course, the business lobby is arguing for wage cuts. <laughs> Morrison has put wage cuts in the budget. And now the submission to the Fair Work Commission for the minimum wage case doesn't say raise wages. It just says take into account the economy, which is the most bland thing a government can say, right? It's basically saying, we don't want you to do anything really. Uh, and we're not going to take any responsibility. Likewise, with aged care workers, there's a case before the Fair Work Commission to increase their wages by 25%. This is a question of wage justice. And the Royal Commission has actually recommended that the government intervene in that case to work with employers and unions to deliver those wage increases. Frydenberg was asked about this on Insiders, and he basically said, we're not going to do anything. We're just not going to do it. You know, And then he made a joke. He made this sort of snide offhand comment about the Royal Commission, which really gives you an insight into their attitude. You know, their perspective. So where we are now is that uh, we do need, we do need higher wages in the economy that will actually increase workers in these industries. Now, I just want to quickly mention a couple of uh, things that have happened as well. Rebecca White, leader of the Tasmanian Labor Party, has stepped down. Um, following four years as leader, uh, she will remain in the parliament. And I think, you know, really great effort from Rebecca uh, in two election campaigns, ran hard on a difficult policy in the first campaign, um, just got beaten. And then in the last campaign, a year ahead of time, uh, really a surprise snap election call and the Liberals really leveraging their position uh, in with the pandemic to get over the line again, but again, has left Labor within striking distance and it'll be interesting to see how they go down in Tassie. Also, today marks two years since Bob Hawke died. Uh, for those of you uh, like me who really admired and respected Bob, um, it was a difficult and terrible uh, moment when he passed and we all miss him very, very much, uh, Bob Hawke or selected Prime Minister in 1983, former President of the ACTU, uh, an Australian legend for so many reasons. And I'd encourage you, if you get a moment, to just have a look on YouTube at some of the some of the clips of Bob Hawke, whether it's singing Solidarity Forever at an ACTU conference uh, or, you know, the speech he gave about the Tiananmen Square massacre or the, the fun, larrikin things that he did uh, as Prime Minister, as well as the really important reforms like Medicare superannuation and so many others, it's uh, well worth checking out. Now, the week coming up very quickly, let's just talk about that. So restrictions in New South Wales are due to come to an end tomorrow. So check out your local information there. Um, that's after, of course, the guy who was going to buy barbecues galore uh, got COVID. Nobody knows how. I still don't think they know how he got it. But anyway, they're saying that there hasn't been a transmission, which is good. Uh, and some restrictions can come off. So check out the details there for that. Uh, and also uh, tomorrow, Monday, is the International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia and uh, Biphobia. Uh, so fly those rainbow flags, fly those trans flags, you know, support the community. I know there's a lot of, uh, there's still, you know, far too much uh, homophobia, transphobia and biphobia in our community. Uh, there's there's some really strange, awful things that get said, 
Um, but many of you will know that I myself have um, have a gay mum, was raised by uh, two women, uh, and you know the things that we experienced in the 80s and 90s around that were awful. Uh, things are getting better, but by no means has full equality been achieved. And you know, and it's because of these sorts of unfounded fears, these phobias, and we need to uh, we need to address that. So fly the flags proudly on Monday, comrades. That is the weekend wrap. I've tried a new recording uh, system today because I know we had some problems with the sound quality before. Hopefully this has worked out well for you. Uh, do let me know. And remember, be kind to yourself and each other. Bye.